59% of consumers are more likely to purchase a certain brand or shop at a certain store if they receive personalized content. 70% of consumers are more loyal to companies that understand their individual needs. And 75, 5%, 75% of consumers want a consistent experience, regardless of how they engage with a company, whether it's social media, online, by phone, or in person in the store. Hi, I'm Amy Souter, your host for the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. We deliver fresh takes on keeping your business and your life healthy, full of fresh fruits and vegetables. And speaking of fresh fruits and vegetables, how about you enter PMG's next merchandising display contest? This is for produce merchandisers and produce managers. And all you have to do is take six to 10 photos. You could use your phone of of some of the displays at your store that you're really proud of, your fruit and vegetable displays. And you email them to artists at producemarketguide.com. That's artists with an S because you truly are artists. As for today, this episode features a chat about supermarket customer personalization with Becky Eldridge, Vice President of Commercial Customer Media and Loyalty, 84.51 Degrees, the retail data science insights and media company that helps Kroger and its partners. So let's join the conversation with Becky. Hey, this is Amy Souter, the Retail and Education Editor at The Packer and the editor of Produce Market Guide, PMG for short. And today we have with us Becky Eldridge, Vice President of Commercial Customer Media and Loyalty at is it 8451. Is that how you say it? That's how you say it, 8451. Can, so welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Thanks, Amy. So tell us a little bit about 8451 and the Kroger connection and and just uh, uh, we're going to talk about personalization. But first, how about just a little bit about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. So 8451 is a retail science insights and data organization that is part of the Kroger company. Uh, Kroger is a national grocer across the United States um, that is, uh, you know, uh, feeding the the American uh, spirit. So as part of 8451, uh, I've been with the organization for 18 years. Um and in various capacities. Most recently, I've been responsible for our commercial loyalty business, um, which is obviously really relevant as it relates to personalization. Uh, as we look to uh, leverage our insights, uh, our, our data science, uh, to really personalize and drive relevant engagements with our customers. I'm happy to be here with you today, Amy, to talk a little bit more around personalization as well. Yes, you sent uh, a study with an infographic uh, to us, and it had some really cool, interesting points that I think could help our fresh produce industry. Um, would you like to hit on some of the the key findings that that could apply, or almost everything can apply? So yeah, absolutely. 
Um, before I talk specifically about the infographic, I'd love to focus on a couple of, of things. First and foremost, as a Kroger company, Fresh is a, is a real key competitive area that we reinforce as a brand promise to our customers. And why it's important is because we promise to provide America with access to fresh, affordable, and high-quality food for them. And we know that that's important to our customers, and that's what they love about Kroger um, and what they, they really crave and want and need from their food choices. We know that it's their number one determinant store of, uh, of choice. 70% of customers decide where they shop based on fresh products within the stores. And we also know that nearly 100% of customers buy fresh products at Kroger, which really demonstrates just how critical it is um, around us for a business to make that a key focus area from a strategy perspective. As I think about personalization, personalization um, is also super important to us as well. From our study uh, that you're referencing, we know that 59% of customers are more likely to purchase a certain brand or shop a certain store if they're receiving personalized content for that brand or for that store compared to those that, you know, might not be receiving that personal personalized content. And, you know, personalization is not just specific to an area within a store or to particular brands, but the way we see it is it's critical in terms of how we're influencing and really helping customers shop their total shopping experience at Kroger. Um, and that's why it's super important and, a, and really a, a, a strategic focus area of ours as well. How we personalize, um, I think is worth mentioning before I go specifically into the overall infographic, how we personalize is based on our rich um, access to, um, to customer insight and customer data. And it's really the value exchange that we're creating with customers that enables us to do that. And we do that through the Kroger Plus card. So the Kroger Plus card is the frequent shopper card program, in which case uh, customers opt in to join the program. And in return, they're not only getting you know, special promotions, but they're also uh, unlocking the opportunity for us to create a really personalized engagement with them as well. As part of that um, exchange, if you will, if you will, we're able to see 96% um, of sales uh, to our customers. So we're able to get a really rich understanding of what customer needs are, how they're shopping, um, and just changes over time. And to dimensionalize that a little bit, um, we have 10 petabytes worth of uh, information on customers that uh, that we leverage and we create science to understand what those customer behaviors are and then create that personalization science across the board to really help make our customers' lives easier, if you will. Um, yeah. Petabytes? What, what is that? Petabytes. Petabytes is um, one tier, higher or lower, however you, you're thinking on a, a range, than terabytes. To dimensionalize that a little bit more, you could take 4,000 digital photos every day for the rest of your life to store, and that would be one petabyte. So if you think about 10 petabytes, um, it's a massive amount of, of data that we are capturing, um, all from our customers deciding to opt in to the program because of the value that we're able to deliver back to them as well. 
Okay. So like I have megabyte, I'm familiar with megabytes and gigabytes and then above that. Terabytes, petabytes. Okay. Yeah. So a lot of, a lot of data. A lot of data. (laughs) A lot of data. Got it. So all this matters um, because we're we're leveraging the insights to create that value exchange for our customers, right? And to to drive that value uh, to them. Um, specifically, as I think about our role in loyalty with loyalty um, and our focus on uh, really understanding what's most important to our customers, so that we're relevant, um, it really it really then transpires to how we're able to drive their loyalty, um, not only to Kroger, but more importantly too, to brands as well. And so we've got um, several different activations that we use um, in order to to do that. Um, I'll mention one and I I will get to to the infographic um, as well, but we've got a suite of um, activations that we use based with the personalization to really reward and thank our best customers uh, for shopping at Kroger. And we do this by um, sending them, here's an example of what we call our loyal customer mailer. And we send this to our best customers every month, um, thanking them for shopping at Kroger, but rewarding them with relevant offers based on what they buy. And so it's hard to see here, but these are brand uh, branded and um, private label coupons. Um, that are based on what they buy. And so we send this out to about 12 million customers every month. There are 12 coupons that's included. And to give you a a dimensionalize this, every single mailer that is sent is unique because it's based on what you buy. And so um, we've got, we leverage our algorithms and the data science to ensure that my household is getting coupons that matter most to me that I buy most frequently and that um, they're rewarding me. And, and we've heard a lot of great, we've been in the business for, for you know, almost two decades now and have captured a lot of great feedback in terms of the value that this drives for our customers. And I'll get into that a little bit more as we, as we talk here. Circling back to your question around the infographic, I think there's a couple things I want to highlight with regards to personalization. One is, you know, personalization, most importantly, as we think about personalization, it's how can we then drive the value of of personalizing to our shopper? What does that mean to them? And how we see that transpire is a couple of different ways. One, we see it transpire in value, right? This is value. This is providing, um, uh, you know, monetary value back to their overall um, experience on products that matter most to them. I think another way is um, in time savings. And so, you know, one of the uh, ways that we personalize is online as you're building your kind of e-com order, we've got um, we've got the science to help build your basket based on what you've bought in the past. And so you, you get in there and it's not as if you're starting from scratch, rather we're leveraging that personalization science in order to remember and recall all of the things that you frequently are purchasing that helps to save you time, uh, you know, in building that overall basket. Separately, um, we also see value from a business perspective as well. And so we see the incremental um the incremental sales that personalization helps to deliver uh, in terms of, you know, us being relevant to customers and that being able to drive 
additional incrementality uh, to the overall to the overall um, business, if you will. Um, as the infographic um, had indicated, the build your cart um, feature, if you will, has shown to drive 20 to 40 percent of incremental sales versus a non-personalized experience within the overall basket. And we also use that to recommend additional items that customers want to consider uh, within their basket as well. Could you explain the build your cart aspect? Yep. Yeah, so the build your cart um, science uh, takes your historical pick, uh, purchases to then um, start your cart, if you will. And so when you go online, either you know through your app or on the website, it's stored your most frequently purchased items um, over you know the last several several shopping trips, if you will. Um, so, for example, when I get online, it knows like top of top of um, my start my cart are things like the coffee I buy, the cauliflower I buy, the you know produce and the the meats that I buy most frequently. And I will tell you, um, you know, more times than not, as I'm submitting my my weekly uh, ecom order, I'm typically you know clicking on each and every item because these these are the items that I'm most frequently buying. And so it saves me time to, you know, versus going in to search, you know, use right. use search terms to go look for these particular products because the science is able to help and tell me uh, what I like most. So it just suggests them. It and, does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, that is a value. I mean, on both ends, it makes sense. Like, because sometimes if it's too hard to find or takes a little bit of effort, you might not buy it because you just forget or, you know, you don't have time. And then on then Kroger loses the sale, you know. So. And it, it, correct. Um, and it just makes it makes my life easier in building that basket. Yeah. One yeah. of the other elements that I will mention is at the end of your um, shopping trip, uh, it will ask, did you forget? So it knows that you've purchased. Um, in fact, I had bought a, a larger pack of the, the coffee that I typically buy. And so during my last trip, it, it had suggested, hey, did you forget your coffee? And I didn't need to, right, buy it, but um, that's helpful. And it's a good reminder to say, hey, you're typically buying this on a certain purchase frequ frequency. Why aren't you buying it this week or, or in your two week shopping trip? Oh, that's great. Okay. And then you could go back to whatever track you were on. <laughs> I know, I know. I took us in a couple different directions. So I, the track that I was on was around the infographic and kind right. of the benefit for both shopper and both from a business perspective as well. Okay. So yeah. Um, personalization is kind of where it's, I mean, that's what you use the data for, right? I mean, it's, when um, shoppers uh, sign up for the loyalty cards, they they agree to that, right? Correct. They're opting in to us, um, communicating with them. They have a choice, right? They can opt in. So as part of the sign up, uh, they can opt into everything or they can opt into certain ways in which uh, we're engaging with them, whether it's through, you know, weekly promotions or more of our, you know, obviously personal personalized marketing um, efforts, if you will, they have the choice to do that. And then, you know, like, like most programs, they also have the opportunity to opt out at any time as well. So they can say yes to emails or to texts or to, you know, they can pick and choose what 
what they want or don't want? They can. Yep. Cool. Um, So yeah. Um, How can retailers and produce brands form more powerful bonds with customers related to this personalization? Yeah, I think that's a great question. When I think about that, I think about three things in particular. One is, um, you know, from a from both a retailer and a brand perspective, I think one of the the key things and and values that we've learned over the past several decades is how are you listening to your customers? And when I say listening to your customers, I mean that in a couple of different ways. You know, Kroger has the benefit of this rich amount of of data. You know, we've got six you know sixty million customers that uh, we've got information um, to look through. But what are we doing with that? What are we doing with the insight? We can see kind of the behavioral aspect of customers. Are they switching brands? Are they trading up? Do we see them, you know, what's the what's the complementary uh, categories that they're buying? What's in their basket? But are we are we actioning against that? I think the other thing is, you know, not only are we able to uh, understand from a behavioral perspective what they're doing, but we can also go talk to them as well, right? So as we think about overlaying kind of the why behind their behavior, that becomes really powerful. Um, and so, so when I think about building powerful bonds with um, with brands and customers, I think it's really important to dig into the to the insight and then do something in action against it. The second thing is around um, really understanding who your best customers are. And I mentioned this when I showed the LCM kind of our relentlessness on really treating our best customers um, in a really important way. And why that matters is because we know that, you know, one loyal customer at Kroger equals and is equivalent to 10 non-loyal customers. And so what that means is we want to protect those loyal customers. We want to deliver that, that value to those loyal customers so that they continue to shop and they continue to love the brands that that we carry as well. That's not to say that the non-loyals aren't important, right? We want to continue to drive that traffic, um, but the value in those loyals are super important. And one way that I get really excited, because this is the area of my business uh, that we see show up, is we we get customer comments frequently throughout the year around the value of, specifically, I showed the, the LCM, we also have a an editorial magazine called My Magazine um, that is delivered on a quarterly basis. It's got really interesting kind of editorial, you know, recipes and different things. And then we, we're also including personalized coupons as well as part of that. And we get we get literal like written letters from people around the value and the impact that these pro that this program is having uh, within their life. Um, so specifically, you know, we've heard, you know, I get my LCM and I I use my um, coupons in order to build my uh, to build my shopping list, right? Because it's really important that I'm driving that value. LCM stands for lo- loyal customer mailer. Okay. And you know, it's becoming even increasingly important through this inflationary time period that we've been experiencing that that value continues to to really resonate again on things that are really relevant uh, to to customers. Um, one other aspect that I'll I'll, I'll mention is um, we got a handwritten note from Carol, 
um, out in Kansas City, part of our Dylan's uh, Dylan's division recently around the My Magazine. And she talks about how in this crazy world, um, you know, we're still delivering, able to, you know, thank you very much. I'm going to quote her here, commend you on how very much I enjoy the My Magazine and appreciate the coupons in each issue. She goes on to say how she loves the recipes and she loves to cook and it just helps to provide some inspiration. She talks about one other amazing thing is the little coupon packs that come in the mail quite often. Sometimes they are ones for free product. And so people taking the time um, and, and re we're creating that, that bond, that connection with customers that want to return and that we're delivering against um, the the brands and the items that they that they love most. Yeah, yeah. So that's almost like the bond is uh, we were discussing in another column uh, from uh, Joe Watson, who writes for us sometimes from IFPA, um, International Fresh Produce Association, that uh, uh, getting fans versus or or customers, you know, and that seems like loyalty and personalization and powerful bonds like 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 that Carol person you're talking about who wrote the letter. Um, she sounds like a fan. She's <laughs> a fan. She's a fan. And Carol's one of many, right? Yeah. That we, we continue to hear from. And it's really important for us to keep a pulse on that as well. So as you know, customer behavior changes as, you know, you know, people's habits change. We we want to continue to keep a pulse on that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I was wondering, um, loyalty to your own private labels. Are you seeing more of that lately? Yeah. From a customer perspective, we are seeing an increase in the overall kind of our brand's um, uh, engagement, if you will. Uh, so as customers need to, to make choices, uh, we are seeing in in some categories where a private label, you know, is is a better choice for customers as well. Um, you know, Kroger offers a really broad range of uh, our brand's offerings for every customer. And so, you know, we're able to meet that customer need uh, through through their, you know, through these times, if you will. Okay. And then- You know uh what, Amy, one other thing I just want to mention, um, just to kind of close on this question is- I mentioned three things. I talked about um, use the insights. I talked about prioritize your loyals. And then third, it is around how you can personalize throughout kind of their path to purchase, if you will. And while, you know, not every brand or obviously retailer has the, the depth of insight, I think it's really important to think about things like who, what are those segment of customers that you really want to engage with and how can you do that in a really effective way? Okay. Um, and then uh, does personalization save labor in any way? I think, you know, when I think about that personalization, I think that um, personalization definitely helps to drive overall efficiencies. And when I think about that, I think about um, how we've been able to apply the science to help direct 
segmented assortment within stores. Uh, and what I mean by that, of course, is understanding the overall kind of customer um, profile of the stores in order to have the right assortment uh, within that store. And why I think that's important from a produce perspective is I think it helps to reduce, um, you know, overall waste on products that might not be relevant for that particular community uh, of store. And, you know, at the end helps to drive efficiencies in ensuring that, you know, the store has the right product and the right amount of product for the customer base that's there. And they they use this like when they shop in store, they just give their phone number or email or swipe the card on their um, at the register. Basically, that's right. Yep, that's right. Okay, just making sure. Um, so maybe a final question. Um, I still have a few more questions, but I'm not sure which one you would like to tackle uh, the most. Um, whether how does personalization play into personal shoppers? Um, either from you or third party for, for online orders. Yeah. That one. Yeah. I think, you know, as I think about the e-com world and, and personal shoppers, I think personalization has really had an impact as it relates to substitutes. Um, the customer has the option to direct personal shoppers on preferences and substitutes, but when that's not selected, we have a science that helps to, that actually recommends to the personal shopper what the right substitute should be. So for example, if I'm buying Taylor Farms, like everything salad week in and week out, and there's out of stock for whatever reason, obviously we don't want that to happen, but if for some reason it's not available, then the substitution science will recommend to the personal shopper that, hey, substitute with Caesar salad because that's something that's been in my basket and that I I prefer as an overall customer. And so, you know, we're able to leverage that science to personalize what those substitutes are to be relevant. Now, you know, um, we're using, you know, we're using, we're using that science. Um, the customer might, might say, hey, you know what, I need that for a recipe. And that won't work. And obviously they've got the option to, to make those changes as well. But I think that's a, a really uh, important way that that's helping personal shoppers and kind of the, the, the e-com aspect of how we engage with customers. Oh, that really makes sense to, to know. So you, now you have data of using the history of that shopper, what else they might like to substitute. Correct. Correct. Rather than just some random other thing. Um, because that's one of the, I mean, with especially with produce, that's one of the trickiest things with online and personal shoppers, right? Isn't it? Or I don't know. It is. You know, I think, you know, there are customers that might um, might prefer, right, to, to choose their produce in store versus e-com. Um, and we're trying to give customers a way to specify whether it's in the comments as they're building their baskets um, to help direct, you know, the, the shopper, the personal shopper to select how they like their bananas or how they like their tomatoes, right? They can do that. Ooh. There yep. is the option. Yep. It's a different kind of personalization. Yeah. Okay. And any final thoughts that you think could help our industry related to all this? Yeah, I think, you know, I think my final thoughts are around, you know, evaluating, you know, what you know about your customer and then being able to apply it in a way that um, is relevant to your customer base, which I guess sounds pretty simple. Uh, but I think, you know, 
we continue to think through how we can um, do that in, in the best way for our customers so that we're driving that value for our customers um, and, and the brands that they love. Great, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking this time. Thanks, Amy. I appreciate it too. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast. I found it interesting how Becky said personalization helps her when she does her midweek shop online herself, when she's forgotten an item that she usually buys. Those suggestions that come during the shop, as well as when you're checking out virtually, are time savers and helpful. Plus, it prevents a retailer from losing a sale. Anyway, check out our other Tip of the Iceberg podcast episodes. In one of our last episodes, we hear from Leanne Rose Ruzimenti of Equitable Food Initiative as she highlights the top takeaways and quotes from our 12-part series with EFI about putting people first in your companies. If you like what you hear, please hit the subscribe button and rate us on whatever platform you use to listen to podcasts. It really does help us out. And have you heard of our free professional development courses at produceedu.com? There's a produce buying fundamentals course and a merchandising 101 course. There's a coming one about organic labels and indoor growing one. And there'll be a personal shopper training one. And hey, showing your course completion certificate couldn't hurt when you ask for a raise or a new role. Remember, it's at produceedu.com. In this episode's show notes, you can find many ways to follow us for more produce information, news, tips, and insights. Thanks so much.